We learned this week that maybe only one British school in 20 is in any real danger of collapsing on its students, which we can surely all agree is just an outstanding record for one of Earth's richest countries at this advanced stage of the human experiment. We learned this from UK Prime Minister and man increasingly obviously wondering why he wanted this job, Rishi Sunak. I want to give people a sense of the scale of what we're grappling with here. There are around 22,000 schools in England and the important thing to know is we expect that 95% of those schools won't be impacted by this. We learned that it turns out that many British schools, if we've done our sums right, about 1,100 of them, were built a few decades back from this fleetingly fashionable strain of concrete which is like a quarter porridge or half spam or two-thirds tapioca pudding or something, and bits of it have begun interrupting lessons by descending capriciously from the ceiling. While we awaited the outpourings of the UK's seething legions of culture war columnists and social media tough guys, eager to tell us that lumps of cement had hit them on the head all the time when they were kids and they turned out fine, etc., we learned that the pressure had perhaps already told upon the person responsible, as taxpayers were treated to a splendidly unhinged hot mic outburst by the UK's Minister for Education as of this recording, Gillian Keegan. When you do that with footballers, like he said about Leeds, and when you do things like that about a man like Stuart Pearce, I'm, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. Gillian Keegan. Not Kevin, Gillian. You can't get the staff. Sorry. Does anyone ever say, you know what, you've done a f- good job because everyone else has sat on their ass and done nothing? No, no, no signs of that, no? There she is. We learned, therefore, that it is somehow possible to rise to cabinet rank without ever having learned the first rule of political communications, i.e. to treat all microphones as if they're live. You would never catch a professional such as the narrator of these monologues making such an elementary error, pretty sure that nowhere in the monocle servers are there clips of this presenter swearing, vowing terrible revenge upon those who have slighted him, or suggesting that we strike now while Belgium is weak. (coughs) Anyway, without further ado, actually, you know what? Further ado gets a bad rap. Let's have some further ado. Well played, the Further Ado crew, already looking forward to further collaborations. In the United States, we learned, or more accurately surmised, that China's foreign intelligence services are taking the quantity rather than quality approach to recruitment. We learned this from reports that in the last few years, more than 100 Chinese nationals have been caught sneaking onto American military bases, occasionally equipped with multiple phones, drones, and pretty much every honkingly obvious clue as to their actual motivations bar a newspaper with eye holes cut in it. We learned that further 
suspicion was frequently aroused by the somewhat pro-forma responses of the hapless possible spooks when apprehended, which have often sounded like rote-learned phrasebook pabulums seeking directions to hotels, transport hubs, and fast food franchises, among other conversational placeholder, as will now be demonstrated, by which we mean, yes, imagine these monologues aren't written under oath, by Monocle's espionage desk chief, Emma Searle. Hello. Um, I am a tourist and definitely not a spy. I'm staying at the Hotel Inn, Marriott, Super 8, delete as applicable. I'm very much enjoying your Motley Crew and Van Halen, Halen, popular singing groups. Please give me hamburgers, America. Sticking with the subject of nefarious foreign interests possibly trying to insert themselves into sensitive American installations via the deployment of poorly trained sleeper agents. I did everything right and they indicted me. We learned that Donald Trump may have bought himself further trouble by attempting to sell the trouble he is already in. We learned that mugshots taken by state and local legal entities are in fact subject to copyright, and that therefore the Trump mugshot snapped at Fulton County Clink in Atlanta the other week, and since the centrepiece of Trump's latest furious grift, profitably adorning t-shirts, bumper stickers and probably giant pointy foam hands actually belongs to the Fulton County Sheriff, who may be entitled to some if not all of the revenue thus raised. On the bright side, they might spend some of it on renovating the cells before Trump moves in next year. And sticking with the motif of Yahoo candidates for the Republican nomination for President of the United States infringing copyright, we learned that this guy... Right now we're on a train track on a collision course to a national divorce. Has inflamed, and not only with his mixed metaphors, the dander of this guy. So the FCC won't let me be, or let me be me, so let me see. They try to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without me. We learned that the hefty catalogue of cease and desist letters sent to conservative politicians by the learned friends of annoyed musicians had been swelled by the size of one from the representatives of Eminem to weirdo tycoon Vivek Ramaswamy, who we don't know for sure isn't a stooge being paid by Trump to create the impression that Trump isn't quite the biggest goose in the race, and who has actually been performing Eminem's Lose Yourself in public where people might see him. We've still got the gong, right? 